Hello, and welcome to the Blizzard Watch podcast, where we watch Blizzard intently, like Argus, the mythological watchman who had many, many eyes and could stare fixedly at things, so Zeus turned him into a peacock. Uh, I don't know why I went there, but anyway, hi, I'm Matt Rossi, I'm your host, and with me this week are two people who are not going to be turned into peacocks, I hope, because that would leave me alone, and that would be sad. Uh, first up, because I don't introduce her first enough, Anne Stickney. Did you say Argus? Yes. Like Jedi Homeworld Argus, only we're talking about yeah. the other Argus. You got the name from the Greek guy. Yeah, I'm wondering if that was like purposeful. I think it's actually because they wanted it to suggest silver. Really? Because Argent, Argent means silver. Remember, there's the Silver River, and they talk about when you do the Draenei uh, leveling stream. When you do the Draenei leveling zone, oh, that's they, right. Free that's talks right. about the, the Silver Rivers. I think they wanted to suggest it was gleaming and brilliant before it turned into, you know, Demon Town. Okay. I just yeah. they, they tend to pull they tend to pull references from here and there. I didn't realize that the, my mind hadn't connected the two, but yeah. now I'm like, I wonder if that was deliberate. Hmm. I'm I'm assuming. Um, I know Argus was Hera's Hera's bro, and then you know Zeus was like, I'm tired of you watching me because I'm trying to get my Mac on in goose form with this woman. So he. <laughs> Turned Argus into a peacock. Goose, well, actually, I believe swan, he killed right? Argus. Wasn't I believe he, yes, it was a swan. I just figured he'd do Gusu at some point. I think he killed Argus, and then Hera put his eyes in a peacock's tail. That was her yeah. little tribute to him. But anyway, uh, I know Alex doesn't care. Um, so, hey, Alex. Alex hey, Ebar. see, uh, I thought you were going to go with, you know, Amanda Waller creating a new Batman, that kind of thing. Really? Oh, you mean Batman Beyond? Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. That's a nice segue. That has nothing to do with Blizzard at all. Well, we were you just would... going. To, we were going down the list of Argus things, and Anne <laughs> dibs the planet in World of Warcraft, so I had to find another one real quick. Yes, I had forgotten all about that actually, but I thought it was called Project Batman Beyond. Well, it was, and her her corporation was Cadmus, not Argus. The Argus? Which one is Argus? Uh, Argus is in the comic books, but it wasn't in that episode of the show. Oh. No, Cadmus is the one. Cadmus, of course, sewing the dragon's teeth. Blah blah. That's also Greek mythology, but not. Related to World of Warcraft. Whatever. Doesn't Although there should, there absolutely should be a fight in World of Warcraft where somebody called Cadmus shows up and his entire thing is he basically makes warriors come out of the ground by throwing his own broken teeth in there or something. That should absolutely be a fight. We've done some weirder fights than that. Like, frankly, like Mass Effect? Do they, does that happen to Mass Effect? The dragon's teeth is what made Husk. Oh, yeah. That, that's reference to Cadmus, yes. In the in the actual myth, Cadmus killed a dragon, and then later on he was told to sew its teeth into the ground, and he did, and he made the Myrmidons, who were then, you know, not all that amenable to him, but he threw a rock at one's, the back of one's head, and they fought and killed most of each other, and then, you know, the ones that were left were like, oh, I'll totally do what you want. Greek mythology is effing weird, guys. Yeah. Uh, this is what we're going for. I here. love it. Yeah. <laughs> and, of course, the way I break it down, it sounds really, it sounds like an episode of Friends instead of, like, an actual, you know, and then Ross comes in. Yeah, Ross comes in and says, "Hey, Mermidens, uh, gotta hear." I mean, there, there's like the elementary school versions of Greek myths, which are like happy and beautiful, and everything goes okay. And then you become an adult and you start reading that, like wow. the actual Greek myths. They and must you're have, like, wait, what? They must have like made them nice for elementary school because when I was in elementary school, they always told us the ones that a bullfinch, and those are still horrible, like like psyche and and. You know, all that stuff. See, yeah, I was like a weird... The only thing I'll say on the topic is in elementary school, there were no golden showers in the Greek myths. I was I was a weird child. So one of the things that I read was I, I would... We have a set of encyclopedias. We still have them. Um, we still have them here. And they had a really big section on Greek myths and Roman myths, like just mythology in general. And it told a lot of the stories. So I used to read those when I was a kid, they were not censored, like not in the least. <laughs> well, no. Cause you're was probably like what the Britannia or something. Like, what was um, a uh, world book. Okay. World book. World book was kind of, wasn't as bad as Britannia about it, but world book still basically assumed you were like at least like 12 yeah. or 13 before you read it. Yeah. I mean, there so, was, yeah. there was, those were like the interesting parts of the encyclopedia because they actually had like stories in the encyclopedia itself. The rest of it was kind of dull, but you know, yep. I don't remember them being watered down at all. Though. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, Blizzard. <laughs> yeah. We should probably talk about, uh, if nothing else, I'll start talking about Blackthorn because I've rediscovered that this month and I'm really interested in that. But anyway, uh, we'll probably do tops and stories because we usually do um, as is always the case. And so we might as well do them now. Uh, first up, the, I'm going to mention first the possible transmog items that were they showed on the uh, Warcraft Twitter. 
because I want that to be a thing so I can yeah, get was, that sword. There was um, a shield and a sword, alliance side, obviously. Um, and then there was an axe and was it Gul'dan staff? Yep. Yeah, it was Gul'dan staff, Durotan's axe, I want to say King Lane's sword and shield. It looks like them, yeah. If yeah. It, or just gener- generic awesome alliance Stormwind. sword and shield. I don't know. All I, They're very pretty. Probably not king, the kings, like um, Lothar's? Maybe Lothar's. Mm, maybe. I know this much, though. Uh, this is the one time I will say this. I feel bad for you Horde players. Yeah, they're nowhere near as cool. <laughs> no, the, sword and, the Alliance Sword and Shield look awesome. They are very cool. Um, Gul'dan's staff is pretty cool. Like, Gul'dan's staff is pretty cool. Duratan's axe is its like generic axe model number 347. There's nothing really... Yeah, it's uh, just an, it's, another Horde-looking axe. It's another axe, but I the, the Alliance stuff is absolutely gorgeous but just absolutely gorgeous and kind of makes me wish that i played a plate person this is all of course presuming that this is part of a movie giveaway thing we haven't actually gotten like a real official announcement on that or anything well we've seen what a specific chain of theaters in france is doing in france yeah so we don't know if that's going to be the international standard but this was what what they're doing in france is with the ticket you get those transmog items, and you get World of Warcraft free with all the expansions, including like a level 100 boost. Which I gotta say, um, wow, that's, a, that's lot. a good that's a good deal. But yeah. what if you already have it? Do you just get like a month of game time or whatever? Honestly, I, I would probably use that to start a second account. I already have a second account that I, I barely play, so I don't really like need a third or anything. Account that you don't play, yeah. Yeah, why? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't have a second account, and I probably – I would only do it if I thought I could actually generate enough gold to pay for it for a while. Which I got I one so that I could recruit a friend myself because I really wanted the mount. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I recruited a friend myself many a year ago, and I have not used that account in eternity. It has not been subscribed. It just sits on my Battle.net account. I wanted the zebra, really. The Good, actually, zebra. All that gold you have laying around, you could use it to basically reactivate that account. I could. Well, I, yeah. I'm i curious if, because uh, I'm not allowed to buy any more WoW tokens. I don't know if that rolls over to a second account. Like, is my Battle.net account just not allowed to have any more WoW tokens? I believe they are correct, actually. I think it's Battle.net account-wide. So then I, I can't do it. They don't let me buy any more tokens. I should get so some tokens. Sure. I should look and see what the token prices are. Yeah, I haven't been playing, like, I've only been playing my alts. I haven't played my mains in I'm a while. I'm up to almost half a million gold, which I'm really happy about. But yeah, I got 50k and I count it good. <laughs> I haven't looked at that. I haven't been on the character enough to generate money in it. Just haven't. I I play. Oh, see, I've been play. quietly. I've been quietly making the gold because I'm like, this will take me far in Legion, probably, maybe. I don't know. Never yeah, heard I finally, gold. I finally got my Death Knight to 100 because it was. You could be. You could. It's my glyph character, my my scribe, and you can learn all of the glyphs at level 90. You don't have to go any further than that. So I didn't. But uh, Legion is going to change inscription, and I probably need to be of a high enough level to get to Dalaran and all that. So I just powered to 100, and that reignited my uh, garrison chores to get all of the herbs possible to make the most money possible out of inscription while I still can. Gotcha. There you go. Anyway, also, so yeah, yeah we, we don't know. We don't know if this is going to apply to the U.S. or not because it's only, like Rossi said, one small branch of movie theaters in France somewhere. But Hopefully, everybody gets that thing because that thing is really like that cool. That's an awesome-looking sword. Shield uh, it's combo. a beautiful sword and shield. I that I think it tops the Lordaeron one for me, and that Lordaeron one, I love that one. I think that's, yeah, that's one a, of the shield. most gorgeous shields like in the game currently. But this one, I think, puts it just slightly above that one. I have some like classic, you know, old school Warcraft shields I like, um, like the Elementary Reinforced Bulwark that are always going to be my favorite. But this is a beautiful shield. It's absolutely lovely. Uh, also, this week we found out that the Durotan novel is going to be out. It's like out now, isn't it? Out today. It's yeah. out today. I have to pick it up because I didn't like. I didn't I had realize no that idea. it was out today. But I should probably, you know, review that. Yeah, probably. They haven't given that book very much promo. And the only reason I knew it was out today is because Christy Golden, who wrote it, was on Twitter hyping it herself. And I've only seen her hyping it. Nobody else. I haven't else. checked into Twitter today. I need to check into Twitter. 
I haven't really seen Blizzard talk about it. I haven't seen Legendary talk about it. I haven't seen the publisher talk about it. It's just Christy. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's that is kind of strange. I don't know why they I would do that. I mean, it's not like it's going to be a bad novel, so I don't really know. But yeah, it's out today. So if you want to understand the difference between this world and the world of the game, so when you go into the movie, you're not too confused. I only think this counts for Warcraft players. I think the average person who just goes in blind isn't going to have a problem. But no, those of us who have been dealing with this game for like 12 years, uh. For us, it's going to be hard going, wait a minute, no, that's not what happened. I like, honestly feel like I'm going to be doing that like the entire movie. I'm going to be like going, mm, what's wrong? Nothing, just let's get through the movie. <laughs> I don't. My inner my inner nerd is, is complaining that that's different than it's supposed to be. I mean, uh, I know the demons work a little differently, I guess, or use different terminology at least. I know Doomhammer is Frostwolf now. Uh, that's all I know. I yeah, a lot like... of that stuff, though. No, go ahead. Well, speaking of promotion stuff, it can wait until we're done talking about Durotan. Oh, I was just going to say, uh, I think a lot of the changes they're making are basically to simplify Blizzard's ridiculously complicated lore in some places. Because keep in mind, when they did the first game, they didn't. A lot of stuff changed for the second game because they realized, oh, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And then the third game got worse <laughs> and so on. And so I. I think if if they do sequels, if Doomhammer is a Frostwolf and a good guy, it suddenly makes more sense that Thrall is using the Doomhammer. Yeah. Plus yeah. It makes more I, sense I, that, you know. I just kind of, I want to pick it up and I want to read it. It's going to be added to my list of novels that I'm currently binging on and I'll probably read it tonight. But I, I just want to read through it and kind of categorize where we're deviating from lore and maybe write that up for Know Your Lore this week. I don't know. We'll find oh. out. Uh, also, this, I mean, this month, May... Oh, wait. Are we done talking about Duratan? We can talk, yeah, you wanted to do a marketing thing. All right, go. Oh, um, also out today, which, again, hasn't really been... I don't think anybody's really talked about it. The World of Warcraft Ultimate Visual Guide, it's been updated and expanded to include the end of Mists of Pandaria, all of Warlords, and then, like, a little bit on Legion, and that came out today. How could you possibly know that? Because I wrote it. <laughs> I know that was that was my point. The timeline's also been updated that. too. Um, the okay, if you have the original book, that section in the back with all of the behind-the-scenes stuff that was basically here's some information about that's all been removed because honestly, it had nothing to do with everything else in the book. So there's more art, there's more lore stuff, there's more pretty things, and you should go pick it up. You can get it on Amazon. Okay, I'm done. No, we should probably mention that this month is is Overwatch's launch. Yes. Because they just didn't they just reset the the, uh, the beta or are they doing that? They're doing the pre-order open beta right now, um, and it comes out. It actually launches on May twenty fourth. So yeah, so we're currently in the closed pre-order early access of the open beta. Yeah, it's and the pre-open it, beta. It's the pre-order early open beta, and then once that's over with, we'll be jumping into the open beta. Open beta. So it's the it's not closed beta. It's the closed version closed portion of the open beta <laughs> it's if you pre-ordered the game before a certain date you can get into this particular beta for a couple of days and then they're going to open it to everybody floodgates are open anyone can play i watched actually a pretty cool video that is all the character interactions and it wasn't all of them but it was it was a video of all character interactions but it wasn't all of them because there's so many uh but that looked kind of interesting i like that they're putting that in at least since i heard a lot of people complaining about overwatch that it doesn't like, you, you can go into a, a game and you're playing Tracer and you're shooting Winston, which is weird because yeah. uh, in the game, you know, the game's lore, Tracer and Winston are, like, super BFFs. But I think to a degree, with these kind of team shooters, you just kind of have to ignore that. The the game uh, is basically non-canon with, <laughs> within its own universe. Well, I talked about matter... this. I, I wrote a Know Your Lore about this because I actually think that this is a really kind of interesting way to approach the narrative of a story. Because the problem... The problem with World of Warcraft and, to a degree, Diablo, Starcraft, is that the game dictates what that story is. So whatever it is you write outside material-wise, it has to tie into that existing material that's already there. But particularly in the case of stuff like World of Warcraft, that story is constantly evolving and changing. And there's always the chance that what you write in this outside material is going to be somehow invalidated or negated by something that happens in game because the game takes priority and overwatch it's kind of the other way around the narrative exists like outside the game the game is kind of like a result of that narrative 
but they're sort of free to do whatever they want with that narrative that they've constructed and they don't have to worry about reflecting it in game so much. And I kind of, I like that because it leaves them open to do novels or more shorts or comics or whatever it is they want to do outside of the game. They don't have to worry about how is this going to reflect in the game? How is this going to affect the game? And I am totally cool with it if that stuff outside of the game is actually good. Um, they've released, the, I think, a, a Cree and a Reinhardt comic, and I thought they were kind of boring. Um, They're just intro comics, basically. Yeah, but that's the thing. It's like, hey, look at McCree. He shoots people. Isn't that cool? The end. It's like, well... Well, there was it, a little tidbit in there. The train. Sort of, there was a tidbit in there that implied that the people that were coming after whatever that thing was that was on the train, that was Talon, and Talon was apparently working with Reaper closely enough that they were aping the Blackwatch stuff that he used to pull off with McCree when McCree was part of Overwatch. So, I mean, there's some tie back there, but not enough. And it's all like bits and pieces more introducing people to that story. And what I want to see is I want to see what they do after the game is out, because that's where we'll see, okay, are you going to just treat this as like advertising narrative around the story or is it something that you're going to do something with because the story that they've got there has a lot of potential and they could do a lot with it it's just are they going to pick it up and do something with it or are they just going to promote this game yeah you and, know? and that's that's why um these comics irritate me is because i want them <laughs> to get moving like I, I really want to see some stuff from this world like i want to see those comics and i want to see all that because i'm so hyped about it so when a comic comes out before the launch and you're like, ooh, this shiny purple thing. That's going to be the plot device. We're going to get a story. And McCree kicks it off the train. And you're like, oh. See, honestly, I felt like if in terms of them doing story. Well, first of all, I'm going to say this. Um, it's much in the same way that like the Mortal Kombat game's story has nothing to do with what you do in the game. Because in the game, you could play Shao Hao punching Shao Hao. Or Shao you could you know, Shao, Shao Kahn, whatever. Yeah. Shao Hao is in there. Shao Hao is a pan. Mr. Pandaria. Yeah. yeah, whatever. <laughs> anyway, you, the point is you could play like, you know... Um, now I have to go Liu Kang, who's an actual character in the games. Thank you for making me do that. You could have Liu Kang fighting Raiden, where in reality, Raiden and Liu Kang are almost always on the exact same side. Yeah. But anyway, the other thing that got me was they announced the, the graphic novel, the one that Mickey Nielsen is writing. Um, the one that basically touches on the history of the original group. Yeah, the it one... takes place during the Omnic Crisis, which was like, yeah. it deals with Overwatch being formed when it was originally formed. So this is actually like, history story stuff and i'm looking forward uh, to that yeah that that interests me but like when they do the little intro comics it feels like they don't really i don't really feel like they need them quite frankly i don't feel like you're you're not introducing me to anything that's necessary the art in them uh, is kind of grotesque i must say yeah. i look didn't at mind it i liked the did art you look at people's faces in that mccree comic i liked the art in the reinhardt one in particular because i liked i liked how it was really kind of soft I think there was there was something soft about it because it looked more like it was cutouts of of things. It kind of reminded me of like the children's book stuff that Fox would do, where he had like the cutouts and things like that. The, anyway, the McCree comic was like everybody was made of wax and somebody left them in a sun lamp. <laughs> All I know I don't is think this... it was that bad. I liked it. Go I'll back and look at their faces. It's bad. I'll say this much for the for for Reinhardt though. Um, in the video I watched, there's a part where somebody I think uh, I can't remember his name, Lucio, the the kind of DJ. Yeah, Lucio is talking to yeah. Reinhardt, and Reinhardt's like, "Why don't you play real music like Hasselhoff?" Yeah. And Lucio's <laughs> like, "I don't even know you." Man. I don't even want to talk to you right now. Yeah, it's or fantastic. Another good one is I remember you. I used to have a poster of you. Oh, I remember that poster. My hair was fantastic. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Reinhardt I just wanted to throw is great. That. I like playing him too. There's something really satisfying about the whole oh, giant shield that covers everything and giant hammer that you just kind of slam around. It's fun. Okay. I guess that's basically it. I unless you guys have anything else news wise. Um, let's see here. Do we have anything else? Oh, you were talking about Winston being voiced by Crispin Freeman, which I didn't know that actually. I didn't know that he was doing the voice for Winston. I I'm only saying that I don't actually have like a list to prove this. It's oh, just really? that every time I hear Winston, every time I hear Winston talk, it, it sounds, sounds like Crispin Freeman. Yeah, it sounds it, like I mean, Maraud. 
when yeah. I first heard him, I was like, that's Christopher Freeman. And this is why I got so annoyed. I saw so many people in our comment section on Twitter being like, oh, Winston is going to be the new thrall because Chris Metzen is voicing him. Obviously, it's going to happen. It's like, no, that's it's not Chris. Number one, it's not Chris Metzen. Not Chris number Metzen. two, why you got to be a jerk? That's that's not Chris Metzen. Yeah, like, it's, it's I, I now actually have confirmation of this because I just looked it up on uh, ID, IMDb. Oh, it is it's Chris Metzen? Yep. Okay. And Christopher Freeman is is one of my favorite act. Like one of the things I've noticed about WoW in the past five years, I think since Wrath, we were the big critics of of the voice acting and the voice direction on World of Warcraft back then. I think that's fair to say. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, on this podcast in particular, they have made huge strides. Oh yeah. In the past few years, uh, I would say I I'm going to give Warlords of Draenor some credit here. Warlords of Draenor has some of the voice best voice acting that WoW has ever had. Um, Legion not just... is shaping up to be more of the same, actually, and I'm really excited about that. Yeah, so when I realized that Winston was – because I was watching that Winston video, the the one where he's, like, trying to do the call-out to uh, Overwatch. Yep. Yeah. He keeps stopping because he's like, you know this. And that's <laughs> when I realized the part – exact moment I knew it was Chrisman, Chrisman Freeman was when he goes, why am I telling you this? You know this already. And I was like, that's him. That's Chrisman Freeman. I recognize that because he, he – he does an accent as Maraud yeah. that's kind of cuts that cuts in, so you can't really immediately recognize him. But when he said, "You know this already," it was straight out of Young Justice. Oh yeah, yeah. I've been I've been hearing that guy's voice since like watching anime as a teenager. Yeah, he's so. one of those guys. He's one of those guys with Troy Baker, um, Nolan North. He's and in Steve, everything, Steve and you Blaine. don't realize that he's in everything until you start really thinking about it and listening for him. Steve Bloom is in so much. Oh, that Steve I, Bloom is in everything. I mean, I can't really even put him out. But they've done that lot of good job of getting a lot of voice actors like that. Um, I I honestly feel like we 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 were talking about it the other day when like they put the uh the picture of Laura Bailey with the loot crate. Yeah. And she had Liam O'Brien with her with the stuff on his face, and and we were like, that's that's Illidan. That's the voice <laughs> of Illidan in in Alliance gear. That's really weird. Uh, Steve Bloom, uh, maybe I just haven't been paying attention. I haven't heard him doing the Steve Bloom voice in a while. I think no. if he's in stuff, they modulate his voice or he does a different voice. He does, he does different, different voices. Voice. But we hit, like, peak Steve Bloom for a while. There. Around the time Bioshock Infinite came out. Yeah. yeah. When he was voicing, like, a bunch of just background characters. And he would just walk through part of the game. And Steve Bloom was holding a conversation with Steve Bloom. I was like, all right. It's Steve Bloom come land. It was on. really weird. <laughs> like, not only is he in every video game now, he's talking to himself in this one. It was like I yep. said, it was like you were in the Steve Bloom land theme park. Yeah. Everybody's Steve I, Bloom. I put here. a very special <laughs> picture for you in Skype, by the way. I saw that. Yeah. Okay. I don't appreciate it, but I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> But at this point, I guess it's time to move on to the emails. Uh, before Anne reads them to you guys, I'm going to do what we forgot to do last week and tell you you can send emails to podcast at blizzardwatch.com. Uh, we love getting them. We'll go through and they don't have to be lore. In fact, we have a whole lore podcast if you're really desperate for an in-depth lore thing. But if you want to ask about lore, we're more than happy to talk about it. If you want to ask what game mechanics, they don't have to be World of Warcraft questions either. We, as we've just proved, we can talk about other Blizzard games. For instance, I'm keen to talk about Blackthorn at some point. <laughs> so if you want to ask a Blackthorn question, I will do that for okay, you. Okay, you guys. This is Rossi asking for a Blackthorn question. So somebody send that in. Did you ask what is Blackthorn? Yeah. Oh, it was Blackthorn. one of Blizzard's other games. I know yes. it is. Okay, then don't do that. I've never played it. It's you it's can actually, actually get it. You can get it. it the, yeah, the Blizzard Arcade thing. You can get it and download it and play it. It's I not thought about streaming me playing it for the first time, but somebody on Twitter told me it's like really hard. And it I was, is. I was it's, like, oh, I'll probably look like an idiot, so I won't do it's, it. It's a Nintendo like style game. It was actually yeah. On Super it was like uh, was it was it Nintendo or Super Nintendo? Super Nintendo. Yeah. It was Super Nintendo. Yeah. It actually has one of the things that was I was reading the Wikipedia article on it. And one of the things they comment on is that it people complimented it for allowing you to kill prisoners after you'd gotten information out of. Them. Oh God! Yeah, I forgot oh. about that. It was it was yeah. an interesting game. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> so if you want to talk about that one, we can talk about that one. But for right now, and we'll do the questions we have. So okay. So uh, first question is from Alessander, who we get lots of questions from. Um, Alessander says it's great that Stormwind Park will finally be repaired. Should I worry about it 
becoming a legion hive instead? Blizzard wouldn't do that to us, would they? That, um, that's the extent of that question. They, they would, they but would. they haven't. They would, but they haven't. Not to our knowledge, anyway. I, I don't. The park isn't even on the alpha right now, so we just we know it's going to be there. It's not there yet. Yeah. Honestly, I'm going to be completely honest. I don't care about the park. I never have. I feel like people constantly going on about the okay, park. Okay, but are... I do, and you know why I do? It's because that's oh. where me and my friends used to hang like all the time, all was, the time. I... That was the Alliance role player hangout. Yeah. Where? Because it wasn't on servers I played on. Well, then you weren't on the right role playing servers because, like, every role play server I was on, and I'm talking like, oh, I'm trying to remember them all Sisters of a Loon, um, Scarlet Crusade, Moonguard to a degree. Uh, I think Wormrest Accord, even. It was for a little was while either... there. The park or the other taverns littered throughout the Right. And the thing is, is it, you know, there was usually a collection of people around the fountain in the middle, but there were also several buildings around the exterior, including a couple of tavern type buildings. And people used to hang out in there all the time, too. Like, there was just a lot of activity going on there all the time for role players. The only, the only time I ever ended up going in that park was there was the, the long quest for Stalvin Mismantle back oh, before yeah. Kata. Yeah. And those things would chase you into the park. Yeah. When you would go to the cr- crate and open it, because it was right there in front of the park. Right. So I'd always end up in the park doing that quest. That was the only time I ended up there. Yeah. So to me, the Being park a is just. And getting interrupted by doing that quest. Like, we'd help the park out. to me was that place <laughs> druids went. And like, ever since. Generally, I don't like having burning wreckage in the capital city for that many years. Put out the fire. Yeah, already. you'd think that they'd like take care of that by now. Just, I mean, I guess their track record, their track record on repairing things isn't exactly the best that it could be anyway. Because they had just gotten some stuff taken care of and then Deathwing showed up. <laughs> that was terrible. Why did they do that? It's awful. But yeah, I mean, I don't mind the park making a reappearance. I'm, I'm waiting for them. I'm hoping that maybe in the next build or two, we'll actually see it in the game to see what it looks like. Because I really want to see what it looks like. Yeah, um, spoiler will be there, but otherwise, hopefully... We're not going to talk about the spoiler. I just said spoiler yeah. will be there. That's it. I'm just, I'm just reassuring they the don't, people. They don't dominate the park with that. I want them to, you know, if, if we're going to have the park, make it a park. Make I would it a like nice if, place to hang out. I would I'm not, like I'm not even going to joke it. about fake spoilers anymore because it gets me in trouble. Yeah, I, I'm not. But I would like it if they didn't just recreate the old one. But if they actually worked with what happened to the area, like if they made it a terrace thing that went down to the water, <gasps> that'd like, be pretty. Yeah, I don't think they will. I think they'll just recreate what they had. I don't know. But we'll I, find out. I would like it if it was like a terrace thing that went down to the water and and had like maybe a memorial to all the people that died when the giant dragon flew through. Because the king stuck his daughter's head at the front gate. Thanks, king. Daughter and son. Yeah, that's right. Daughter and son. Both of them. (laughs) And somehow they got them back. Yeah, they got them back. Yeah. Well, that's why he came to Stormwind. He had to to pick them up. He was trying to get ahead. (laughs) Ugh. Gross. You should be really ashamed of that one. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, I'm not. Anyway, should we move on to the next email? Yeah. Okay, next email says, Salutations to the Blizzard Watchers, Artem of Magtheridon EU here. So Wowhead put up a list of things you can do before Warlords ends. One of these caught my eye, the Master and Commander achievement, which requires you to defeat all summonable garrison raid bosses. Apparently, you get an item to summon such bosses from garrison invasions. Thing is, I've done my fair share of invasions, and I've yet to see one of these boss summoning items drop. I've asked the people who joined me for invasions through a group finder, and I've had one person report seeing an item drop once. There are six of these bosses. So I ask, what's the point in having such extreme RNG gating on content? I wouldn't be surprised if some of these bosses have seen less kills than the original Nax bosses. Uh, I gotta say, I don't like doing that to that level. Like, I don't like it when it can be that hard to do something like that. Um, I, I get that Blizzard wants to make certain things exclusive or difficult to do, but having it where, you know, people can just never get it just through luck, no matter what you do, you could do garrison invasions forever and just not have it drop. Can I make an ugly Warcraft confession right now? Sure. It was at the point that I read this email that I remembered that garrison invasions were actually a thing. (laughs) (laughs) I I remembered the invasions. I, I, how much attention I paid to them throughout the whole, 
<laughs> I either didn't know or forgot there were raid bosses. I didn't know I there have, were raid bosses. I, I had have no done idea. So many invasions on so many characters. Like I, I thought they were really fun. So I did them so many times on so many characters. I've never seen a raid boss item drop ever. Yeah, see? I did them I did them early on. I did them very early on. And I did, I think I did one of each. I think I got the achievement for doing one of each. And then I just sort of forgot about their existence because I was busy working on other stuff. And then never went back to it. But I never saw a raid boss. Like, never. So, I, I don't know what's up with that. That's You know weird. what else I haven't gotten from Garrisons, despite having so many characters doing everything every week for however long Warlords has been out? What? I've never gotten the pets off of the plants that spawn from flowers or the gorin that spawn from mining they can each drop a pet oh yeah i have not seen either one i have the plant one i don't have the gorin why are these so rare i don't know but i'm sitting here on like almost half a million gold so maybe i should just go to the auction house and pick it up there. see i remember this from cataclysm with the archaeology there was a particular item i wanted uh it was the sword the these the um Zulgarab sword. Yeah. Jinrock, yeah. uh, Jin, Jin the, the, you know, the... World and, Ender or whatever. Yeah, it was, and I yeah, it was it because, the one that was like Zinrock, but redone version. Yes. Yeah, I wanted it because I um, I had that sword in vanilla and I, you know, disenchanted it as you do as you level up because I didn't know transmog was ever going to happen. And so I was like, oh, man, I should have kept that. The model on that thing was gorgeous. Yeah, so I wanted it, even though they flipped it upside down for some strange reason. Uh, and so I did archaeology for months and months and months and months and months and months and months. I did it past the point where the sword would be any good to me anymore. Because when it started out, the sword was actually a, a solid epic weapon. Like it would be, it says it was as good as raid items, the first tier of raiding in Cataclysm. But I, you know, went, we blew right through that and I hadn't got it. So I kept going and I kept going and I kept going. Mist came out and revamped archaeology. So I kept going and I kept going and I kept going. And now here we are in Warlords, and I finally gave up about six months into Warlords. I'm like, nope, I'm not doing this anymore. That's three years. Yeah. Never saw it. Never even got never got the thing once on multiple characters. Because I could have done it. I could have gotten that solve on any character I have, and then just you know, it's it's a bind to equip item, a bind to a count item. I could have then given it to the character I wanted to use it on, but no. Never dropped that kind of RNG where it just does not happen. And there's like nothing you can do about it. I, it's like, I get that. Cause I mean, you know, that's ultimately I've had friends do that with Ashkandi. They're trying to farm it. They've run Blackwing lair for years. They haven't gotten it. It just doesn't drop. But when it's something like to get to kill a boss, like to get to even just kill this yeah. monster, not even, not even to get, to get anything off of it, just to get to see it, you have to depend on RNG to that level. I just, no, I don't like it. It's not, it's not it's good. It's a design. little weird. Yeah, I, it's just baffling. I, I genuinely forgot they existed, and I have done tons of invasions. I think they're really fun, so I've done the crap out of them. I've never seen one of these. See, now I'm thinking I should team up with you and do more invasions, or something. Because now that I'm thinking about it, they were kind of fun back when I did them. But yeah, the raid boss thing, I forgot about the raid boss thing. I honestly forgot about it because it never happened. It just never happened. Hmm. I don't know. That's weird. I mean, I guess if it's like, if they've tuned the drop rates with the assumption that if it's a raid, you're counting on your whole guild getting a drop or something. Maybe. I don't know. I really don't. Yeah, Thank you for know. the question, Artem, because that was a good one. You've kind of stumped us a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um... It's weird. <laughs> okay, so the next email says, actually, there's no name on this one. It just It's just an email, so let's just jump into it. It says, hi, watchers, love the podcast, and I have a question about transmog in Legion. Has Blizzard said anything about being able to transmog legendary items in Legion? It seems unfair to those who farmed or quested for months getting these cool-looking items and never being able to use them. They said that they don't want everyone running around with these special weapons, but now in Legion, everyone will be running around with Ashbringers and Doomhammers, which are items that are far more legendary than Shadowmorn in the Fangs of the Father. Has anyone been able to transmog a legendary on the alpha if it's possible or reasonable to get them on the alpha? Um, and then he has a second question, but let's just address this first one first. Yeah? I don't okay. think you can transmog legendaries. You cannot. To, no. They, they have not removed that restriction. And, and you will not be able to. 
in, in terms of special, as far as gameplay, um, as somebody who has a Shadowmorn on one of my characters, uh, Shadowmorn still feels a lot more special than the Ashbringer, just because they give you an Ashbringer and everybody has an Ashbringer. Like, it's lore special, the Ashbringer is, but as far as effort invested... Acquisition special, uh, it's not. Yeah, Shadowmorn... I mean, Shadowmorn still feels way more special. But that said, as somebody with Shadowmorn, I don't care if people could transmog Shadowmorn. That would be fine with me. I would st- I would be able to use it. I have yeah. I have the Fangs of the Father. I have the Warglaves. I have um, Thunder Fury. And I have Thoradol on my Rogue. I can't use Thoradol currently because we can no longer equip bows. Um, I can put it on so you can see it, but I can't actually use it. Because my character doesn't know how to shoot things anymore. She used to. She's just somehow lost that somewhere along the line. Would I care if anybody could transmog those? No. Not not particularly. Um, that said, however, I do understand. This is a stance that they've had like since they started putting legendaries in the game. So I don't really expect them to change it. What I really like, though, is that time walking... All of the time walking that they've done, there's particular dungeons that you can go to via time walking that you can use those legendaries. Like, you can use them as they were intended back then, and it's pretty fun. I have, um, I've got Ashbringer, not Ashbringer, blah. I've got Shadowmorn, I've got Thunder Fury, and you got I've got Sulfurus. Yeah, I was going to say, you got Sulfurus, yeah. yeah. I've got Sulfurus, and uh, Sulfurus is the one that I earned at the time. Yeah. Like I, my my Thunder Fury I actually had to wait to complete because I got half of it and then the other half never dropped for years. But Sulfurus I actually got at the time. Like I, I remember we were just going into Blackwing Lair when I got it. Mm-hmm. And so I've had that thing for years. Um, it's got the original Crusader enchant on it that I put on it at the time. And uh, honestly, I kind of like it not being transmogable. But I don't think it would hurt anything if other people could transmog to it. Quite no. frankly, they made it, they made another Sulphurus anyway. Yeah. They kind of updated, updated the, the model. <laughs> they updated the model and made another one anyway. So it's not like, who's it hurting if you could use the old, the, the old uh, lower res version? In some ways, the lower res version looks cooler just because it's so synonymous with old WoW. Right. Like, it's, it would be like, it's like swinging a piece of old WoW around. Yeah. Um, well, so for me, that's... I don't care. I, I kind of like that I don't use it in transmog because, quite frankly, I'll be completely honest. The weapon that was always a big deal to me wasn't even a legendary. Quelserar? No, Ash Condi. Oh, okay. Because I couldn't get it. Because I was going to bring up Quelserar because I still transmog that thing, and that and, thing's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I was going to bring up Benediction because that was a pain in the butt to get, and yeah. I have it, weapons. and I can transmog it, and it's great. The quest weapons like Benediction and Quelsarok counts because it was a warrior paladin thing and yeah. other stuff like like the the, the hunter bow. Um, to my mind, those are actually a little cooler than the legendaries. But you yeah. could transmog because, those. Yeah. So <laughs> that's why I, I don't feel like the transmog restriction really makes sense for legendaries. I think anymore. maybe the difference to them is that you can't get Benediction anymore and you can't get the bow anymore. You can't get Kelsarar anymore. Like those yeah, items just don't yeah, drop sh- anymore. But they put in the model from Quelsarar onto another weapon. Yeah. They, the ones that Donnie dropped. So, yeah, you can get the exact same model from Quelsarar. Yeah. It's called the Burnished Quelsarar. Does it have the green glow? It's exactly the same. Oh. It hasn't even been updated, really. Like, most of them got updated, but the Quelsarar model is just Quelsarar. Yeah, Benediction, it, there is no other Benediction. There is yeah. no other Anathema. They they don't. But, um, that, those get, models have never been used again. You can't get ATSH. So that would be an no. exception to the legendary thing. That's true. Yeah, you can't get. I wish you could. <laughs> Very few people got that thing. Period. I we had a guy in our because I would like had, I would mug Cadgar for that. <laughs> I had like we had a friend, a guy named Tail, who got that thing, and he used to use it all the time to make the portal to Carazon, just, just to mess with us at the end of a raid. Yeah. Like, I remember we were doing we were doing the we were at the end of Nax. And this is Nax, Wrath of Lich King Nax, not the original Nax. Um, we were at the end of Nax, and he'd put up the portal, and everybody would like, there'd always be somebody who'd be like, oh, God, I'm a tail or a Karazhan. So, yeah, but I honestly feel like the legendaries are cool, but they don't they don't have the same emotional resonance with me that even, like, you know, Quell does or Ashkandi does. Ashkandi, just because I wanted it for so long, that's a personal thing. I wanted it, and I never got it. And I got Sulphuros instead, and everyone was like, 
well, you know, you got Soul Frost. You don't need Ash Condi. I'm like, yes, but Ash Condi is the one I wanted. <laughs> you know, I wanted that, and I got Soul. And Soul is was amazing. It was a great weapon. I loved having it. Um, I was very proud to have it. And everybody at the time, that's the thing too, is you'll never. A lot of stuff in Warcraft is never going to be the stuff it was. There will never be a time it was ever going to be like it was when I would walk around Ironforge in my horrible Dayglow Warrior DPS gear and Sulf on my back. You know what I mean? Yeah. That time's gone. We so had, I, I remember when we first made that, we were like the first guild on the server to get all of the stuff to make that. Mm-hmm. So our warrior was the first person on the server to have it. And I remember we camped out on the Orgrimmar, the roof of the Orgrimmar bank back when Orgrimmar was still like, you know, the dust mm-hmm. bowl. <laughs> And there were people collected all around, like everybody was talking about it, and then everybody was talking about other stuff and raiding and this, that, the other. But I mean, it was like a big deal. It was weird that it was a big deal, but it was a big deal. Yeah, it was. And it's never going to be that way again. And I feel like the legendary restriction in Transmog, it, it's not preserving what they intend for it, it to preserve. Yeah, I don't think it really needs to be there. I, I honestly don't. Um, also, so there's a second question here. Sorry. Let me use the old PvP weapons. Yes. Yeah. From quite frankly, from vanilla, I want to use that two-handed sword. The it's big, pretty. The big paddle. Yeah. A lot of our a lot of our guys use that sword instead of weapons like Ashkandi or Assault because it was easy to get. And, and it's nice it looking. Time. Yeah, it's very pretty. It works very well for an alliance-based transmog. Um. So there's a second question here. Uh, second question says, also, will the Talonclaw, the hunter survival weapon, be able to be transmogged to swords? Since I really want to use my Keldalar on my hunter. Speaking of Keldalar, um, love you guys and the podcast. Keep up the amazing work. It should be yes. It's a pole arm. If you can equip pole arms and stat and staves and swords, it should transmog to any of them can because they remove the restrictions. Does it? They used to be able to. Huh. I don't know. I don't know if they currently can. I know this much. Uh, on a warrior who can equip swords, axes, pole arms, maces, spears, staves, all of that, a warrior can transmog any of those to any of the others. The restriction was eased. Do you know? So, do, you, do you know what rogues can transmog daggers to? Daggers. <laughs> daggers. That's yes. it. We could we, we use. Know war- yeah. <laughs> this we, weapon we know and swords, but we can't. We, we know warriors are cooler. It's okay. Um. No, but seriously, uh, if you have a polearm, it can be transmogged to a, to a staff, a mace, an axe, or a sword, and any of the two-handed weapons. They basically made all two-handers transmogged to all of the two-handers. I've got pictures of my warrior dual-wielding Zadums, which is the, <laughs> the staff that is a fell puppy. Like, I've dual-wielded it just, just, just to tweak awesome. Megan. Fellhound on a so, stick. <laughs> yeah. Because she was wandering around with, like, Ashkandi on her, on her Dreadlord thingy, whatever right. it's called. And she was like, look, I've got, I've got two Ashkandis. And I'm like, okay, i got two fell puppies. Make him, <laughs> make him wield two of those. So, yeah, if, if you can, it can transmog to – you can basically use your Queldalar. If you're a hunter who's got the old hunter staff, you can transmog it to that. Cool. And then you can have flowers all over your staff while you're fighting people. That's always fun. Yep. Okay. Okay, so uh, next email says, Hi, all level 100 dwarf warrior on Moonguard here. Shout out to Moonguard. Love you guys. Anyway, uh, it says – Thanks. That was that was a shout out for me, not not from the Dwarf Warrior, just to point that out. He uh, might love them too, though. Who knows? Yeah. Well, he probably loves them too if he lives there. So uh, he says, "Thanks for watering my need for lore discussions. I love the show. I had a few questions I'd like to discuss regarding time. Oh, this yeah. is going to be fun." He says, the new cosmology chart doesn't have time listed on it anywhere, and yet the Titans specifically. Amonthol were able to imbue Nosdormu with the abilities to watch over the timeways with himself. So considering this, does time, quote-unquote, magic fall under the umbrella of arcane, quote-unquote? How does time work in Warcraft? Because the Titans ultimately could have used their control over time to correct their mistakes of injuring the world soul, trusting Sargeras, and so forth. Couldn't they? Well, then time must be limited, right? So why is there is it that there is only one true timeline, and yet the Legion can transcend all other dimensions and timelines? So bizarre, right? In hopeful anticipation, Mercen. Rossi, I'm just going to let you go with this. Okay, well, I've, I've written a lot about time travel in WoW and how time travel works. The basic first thing you have to keep in mind is this. Any alteration to the timeline doesn't immediately create a new timeline. It creates a new timeway. Timeways are not 
the same as timelines. They lack the same reality as timelines. Um, you've got you see that in the Thrall book where he starts he's transferring through various timeways. Um, the second problem here is quite simple. Uh, the Infinites, for instance, were often attempting to alter time. You'll notice that the Bronze Dragons before uh, what's his name uh, Kairos never tried to do so because altering the timeline can basically erase you from existence. It can you, it, the, the Titans don't want to not exist. That's why they don't mess around with time very much. It's it's a very risky it's a high risk low reward approach people like the legion and the old gods have no problem doing this because they're crazy and evil and don't mind the risks the other problem with time magic in wow in general is that you know it's not on the chart because it's not the, the things that are on the chart are stuff like void um light they're they're opposites time is like the medium that the universe floats in it's essentially everywhere. It's everything we do is happens in time. It's not a you don't have a opposing force to time really. There's entropy in the game, but that's part of its a proposition is to order. It's not time. Time doesn't have a an opposite. It doesn't have an, a, a thing it's opposed to. I don't know what that was, so now I have to go look at it. Ah, uh, I love when that happens. Uh, basically, time in game it's something that only evil, crazy things mess around with. Because the consequences are so dire, it doesn't have the immediate effect you want. It doesn't even the, the risk of splitting off a new thing is much greater than the risk of actually altering your own timeline in the first place. Um, if you look at the uh, War of the Ancients book in particular, when they go back in time, they mess around with a whole bunch of stuff, but the world still blows up. Um, they make a lot of little and big changes, and yet everything still kind of unfolds the same way. You still get the same future with Malfurion in it. Uh, Illidan does the same stuff. It, it It's kind of a... I, I keep going back to Jack Finney's Time After Time uh, because it's one of the best time travel books ever. And basically the premise is time is going to go the way it wants to go. Time is essentially a river. You can build a dam, but the river is going to try and get around it. It's going to try and go flowing along the channel that it was set to. Rivers are a lot easier to change the flow of than time because you actually have to be inside time to do it. It's not like when you build a dam around a river, you can do that by diverting the river. You don't have to be standing in it, you know? There's a reason beaver dams don't usually divert rivers uh, because the beavers actually are reliant on the river. They need it to, to do the things they want. They, they need it for their livelihood, essentially. And as a result, basically, I'm, I'm meandering a little bit here because it's time travel, and that's what happens. Basically, the problem is the Titans are afraid of, of messing around with it. The Titans wouldn't just go, oh, we screwed up. Well, we'll try again. No, they absolutely don't want to do that. They want time to go in an orderly, linear progression from start to finish because that's what leads to world souls. That's what leads to cultivation. That's their mindset. They're not going to just go, oh, we messed up. Well, I got a time machine. I'm going to go back and try again because using that thing is inherently destructive and dangerous and doesn't work half the time. That's the answer on that one. And as far as time magic goes, I think that probably does fall under the arcane school. Yeah, it's it's pretty much. I mean, you you see it used by mages in game. They do uh, time, time warp. warp. You know, that's actually one of the things that's the scariest about mages, if you think about it, is that they're starting to figure out how to do this stuff. Uh, that actually even gets mentioned, I believe. Um, I don't remember if it's like the end of Cata or the beginning of Mists when they did the the warlock. Um, six harvests. Group. Yeah, the yeah. green fire quest. But, yeah, when they, they one of the things they had the warlock say is, look, all these other groups are getting new and, da and dangerous magic. The shaman are figuring out this whole dark shamanism thing. Death knights are learning new necromancy. Mages have mastered time. We have to get on this. You know, we have to. We're getting left behind. We need to get uh, caught up. Yeah, yeah. So, the fact that mages can do time warp is actually real scary. It's, it's actually in-game lore. It terrifies people because it is the first step onto power that nobody's supposed to have. This conversation okay. just reminds me that I really miss having Caverns of Time Dungeons. Me too. Yeah. Um, I miss... You know what I miss about Caverns of Time Dungeons? What? When they just went to places and you went... You know what I mean? Like, we'd go to Culling a Strathome. Or we'd go to, like, you know... I'm yeah. trying to think of like the, the first one. The Black Morass. Black Morass. Or uh, you know, Escape from Turnhold. Yeah. Uh, as much as I liked the the I liked the Well of Eternity one, but then they had two more in there that weren't really time travel. No. Like end time. Well, end time I like too because it's weird. It's the first Caverns of Time dungeon that takes you to the future. Into the future. 
So End Time is cool. Well, you know, Well of Eternity is cool. These are both cool dungeons. But then there's the third one that just kind of like, that's our time. That's not a time travel. Why is that here? That should be somewhere else. It's there because I, the other two were there and they wanted to collect yeah. them all in one spot. I know. I know. But I always felt but like... But it didn't eh. feel like it fit. <laughs> I want more Caverns of Time dungeons. And I want to go to and see what else is in Wormrest Keep. Open those other portals. That would be cool. Um... I would like to see, I'd like to see, as far as Caverns of Time dungeons go, I'd like to go back to the Troll Wars. I think that would be fun. Yes, Or go back to, like, that whole, maybe stick us in a situation where we're fighting with um, Arathor against one of those other, and he's, like, bringing them into that first, you know, Arathor kingdom type thing that sort of spawned all the other kingdoms. That would be fun. Or even, um, even... You know what would be cool is if they took you into Day of the Dragon events mm-hmm. where you're doing either Grim Batol or something to do with Lordaeron, like the Palace of Lordaeron back when it was the Palace of Lordaeron and um, Victor Nefarian, or not Victor, was it Victor? Davil Prester. Davil Prester, thank you. I'm like getting them all confused. They all have different human names. Anyway, uh, Davil Prester was there. And all of that was good. maybe even like the disillusion of the uh, original alliance. That would be cool to witness. You know, these kind of things. There's like lots of stuff they could do with the Caverns of Time. And I'd love to see more of it come back and again. I like the Caverns of Time because they're, they're a place where they can do dungeons that are only like tangentially related to the subject matter of the expansion. <gasps> you know they what I would love to see? a little bit different. That would be Legion relevant. I know what you're going to say. Ah. Oh. The original, the original Tomb of Sargeras in Warcraft yeah, 3. I knew you were going to say that, Goldon, yeah. Yeah, Goldon. gets his torn up. Yeah, the, I the great thing about, too, The great thing about Caverns of Time, which I think they really lost when they did Warlords, was Caverns of Time was always about making sure stuff worked out the way it was supposed to. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we yeah. really... Well, the, even infinite, well, the infinite were messing around with everything. Yeah, exactly. That's... With Warlords, we don't... Go make sure anything goes anywhere because it's a, it's been completely split off and it's not our history anymore. It's already messed up. Had we gone like to Warlords with the with the goal of making Warlords work out the way it was supposed to, like imagine that we're trying to make the world blow up. We're trying, we're, we're trying to wipe out the Draenei. Yeah, yeah, that would not have gone over very well. I don't think. That's why it was such a weird idea in the first place. It was was a little out there. So uh, our last email, we've got one more here. Our last email is from Azrael Worgen Rogue on Forest Riders. Shout out, Rogue Buddy. Um, Hello, Watchers. I have a question pertaining to switching specs and class fantasy. I'm a priest alt, and I know that switching from holy and discipline to shadow for game mechanics makes sense. It's a whole lot easier to level right now with shadow because, let's face it, holy does almost no DPS. But for class fantasy and lore, it seems like my priest, who loves and fights for the light, has a huge problem switching into a spec that seems to be the complete opposite. Fighting for what seems to be... In the next expansion is someone who dabbles in void magic and is rubbing elbows with the old gods. I put some thought into it, and I do not really see any of the other classes having this dilemma. I mean a combat rogue, and for me, switching to and from subtly is not that big of a deal. I get that there may be some minor cases like a resto druid switching to feral, or a holy paladin switching to retribution maybe somewhat of a minor jump in ideology, but in those cases they're still sticking to their morals and beliefs. I don't know, maybe I'm just overthinking this, but what do you all think, and is there any classes that you all think are big jumps between specs? Rossi, is going from fury to arms or protection in this case? How does that pertain to warriors? Thank you all so much for this amazing podcast, and keep up the good work. See, at warriors, it's all just methodology. It's still basically I hit things and I yell. That's that's the warrior thing is hit, hit things, things and shout about it. <laughs> I yell about, I yell a lot and sometimes I like I shoot myself at people. Like that's kind of the thing. Warriors is like how do I get over there to hit him and yell at him? Because that's what I want to do is I want to yell and hit. Okay, I do it this way. Okay, I'm used that way. So now I'm gonna jump on it. Yeah, but I'm still gonna yell and hit. It, it really comes down to yelling and hitting. So it's nothing like what you're talking about. And I do. I'm gonna just say this, and Mitch might get mad at me. Um, I feel that the the kind of focus on the void and the old gods is very cool, but it does make it very hard to imagine like light, you know, a, a holy priest going shadow. And it's really weird because disc is essentially both at once. Like the whole premise of disc now is you dabble in both. Priests have gotten really weird. Yeah. And, and the, priests were always kind of weird because priests were always like 
I'll say this right up front. Priests are basically D&D clerics minus the, the armor and weapons and added in D&D scions with all the mind stuff. Yeah, the mind stuff is all psychic. When they decided to go with the old god stuff straight up, I think it took a really weird thematic turn. And I know people who play Shadow probably really love it, but thinking at it from like a thematic point of view, it's just, it's bizarre. And as somebody who used to play a Shadow Priest but no longer does, I don't think I would appreciate being uh, adherent to the old gods. Um, and I don't know why we would invite a person that is raving about the old gods and sacrificing themselves to the old gods in combat to our raid. Um, I don't know why you would do that. I mean, Warlocks is like, okay, we're fighting fire with fire. They're not they're not sacrificing themselves to Sargeras. Whereas Shadow Priest and Allegiant Alpha, they have like, give yourself to the madness. And when it, you kill yourself for the old gods, why are yeah. we working with this crazy person? Making it so that like they draw upon old god power to me is not the problem. It's how thematically tied they are to the old gods. Like they're not, these aren't people who are studying the ways of the old gods to use them against them. These aren't people who, like, even if you read actual Lovecraft stories, you have the people who go crazy because they're dabbling in forbidden lore. But if you play Call of Cthulhu, you can be an investigator who dabbles in the forgotten lore, always risking going crazy, but trying to fight the old gods with it. Yeah. That doesn't feel like that doesn't feel like that here. It doesn't feel like you're trying to fight the old gods in, with their own magic. Sh- Shadow priests, as they are in Legion, are people who would not be down with killing Cthulhu or Yogg-Saron. They would fight the people trying to kill Cthulhu or Yogg-Saron. And, and it wouldn't. Of, it's kind of weird to me because I mean, okay, when I used to like rationalize this and kind of like validate it to whatever character I happened to be playing at the time, um, the way I always looked at it as far as light and shadow was that there was a balance there and it can be explained by, you know, put out your hand, turn on a lamp. There's light shining on your hand, but underneath it, there's a shadow. They work together where one exists. The other always has to exist. So there, there was like a balance there between the two, but when they brought in the old God stuff, I think, I think where it kind of fell apart a little bit for me was that we then established, okay, we established they're working for this void thing, but then we just just established that the void is like the worst possible thing in the universe, like worse than the burning legion. The burning legion is fighting that like that, that to me, that's where they, it, it stepped over the line a little bit because it's like they're working with this thing, but they're working with this thing that is apparently the most evil thing that's ever existed in the entire universe. And they're doing so willingly. And that, and, and that's where yeah. it gets a little weird for me. I feel like it could be justified if you had them be characters who are trying to use that power against itself on the whole concept of like the only thing luck. strong enough. Yeah. The only thing strong enough to fight it is itself. But that yeah. then it kind of ties into the same thing that they're doing with both warlocks and demon hunters. Yeah, but that's fine. And it fine. all gets a little bit it's, samey. Yeah, it's to my opinion, it's fine just to justify it for purposes of role play. That doesn't. So we don't have people who seem like you know I'm a cultist for the mad the mad creature who is a thousand maws beneath the earth. But we can work together for now until I devour your eyes. You yeah, have it's eyes. just it. I don't By know. The way, they stepped pretty... over a line with that as soon as they defined the void as like the defining evil of the universe. That's when they stepped over the line with that because it's like, why well, would I, you I, embrace I, that? Why would you I like embrace Shadow that? <laughs> I like Shadow Priests when they were just like independent, powerful on their own psionics who used the light and the shadow and like they were their own thing. And they and had now... like the little shadow vacuum cleaner. Shoop. Yeah, line, and line. like. They were just their own thing, and it was like the power of their own mind, you know. But now it's like, no, they're insane. They're working for the old gods. It's like, how did this happen? It just, Where did it, we it, go? You're, you're, you're not alone in it feeling a little bit weird, Azrael. And I don't think that there's really any other spec out there that feels like that. No, it's not like when I go Fury, I suddenly have to pledge myself to Gothlok, the beast of, of madness who devours a thousand souls. Right. I just and pick up I just pick up another weapon. I mean most of the alpha. stuff that I've played on the alpha so far has been like shaman and rogue and rogue obviously, you know, you switch a spec, you switch a spec. It doesn't yeah. there's no real significance to that and it's the same thing with shaman, you know, when you switch a spec, it's just it's a different aspect of the same thing. I'm going to heal you now. I'm yeah. done hitting you with lightning bolts, so now I'm going to make you not I'm hurt. not oh, I'm not perfect. harnessing electricity and fire or whatever i'm harnessing water and using that to restore you okay you know there's yeah. there's nothing really 
out it's there. Not like, <laughs> it's not like you actually have to pledge yourself to the old, like to to like you know the elemental lords and burn down cities if you want to use like enhancement. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like you you, you know the worst you might actually have <laughs> you to don't get that at all. Yeah. Like Ragnaros commands, I burn everything. Why are you here again to burn everything in this group? I mean, a- yeah. It's like if it was shaman in the situation of Legion Shadow Priest, shaman would have a give yourself to the flames ability where you have get Ragnaros turn you into ashes. Yeah. Because you just want to burn. Yeah. Essentially. Shadow priests have that. Give yourself to the madness where you have like increased damage for however long and then you die. And I mean, Shaman, do you have that whole transformation thing where they turn into like the Adiran or whatever it is? But they don't go the, nuts. Big, ugly, but they don't go nuts. No, it's just it's like more elemental mastery type stuff is all. And, um, and I really feel like they could have kept the void thing and not had the, be anything to do with the void lords. Just have it be the same kind of void thing that the, that the Naru do. And that's, where I, no, that's what I thought the priests were supposed to be. But then they brought the old gods into it. Yeah, so that's, yeah, that is weird. And that all ties into a tinfoil hat theory that I'm still working on. So we'll see that eventually. Um, That pretty much wraps us up for emails, though. So Then um, you just... <laughs> exactly. Uh, Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch. And your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads free site experience. Thank you very much. Uh, this has been the Blizzard Watch podcast, everybody. Uh, we thank you very much for listening because that's, you know, the whole show is about you listening to it. Uh, that's basically it. Um, again, if you have an email for the show, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com. We love getting emails and love answering them. I'm Matt Rossi. Thank you, and we'll see you next week. 